Hello, my awesome mom pod listeners. It's Paige with some exciting news. The Moms Organization Motivation Podcast has had the most amazing three-year run. And thanks to you, it's listened to in more than 85 countries. It's won Best Family Podcast and Best Home and Lifestyle Podcast awards and consistently ranks in the top of the charts globally. I could not have done that without you. It'll continue to be downloadable for all your organization motivation needs. And now there'll be a brand new podcast to listen to. If like me, you love being a mom and also desire more. Head over to the Time to Pivot podcast right now and hit subscribe. Each week, my guest and I will be sharing all the ways we've learned to pivot in our life and business as we share our God-given gifts and serve others and still make it to the carpool line on time. I can't wait for this fun new podcast to begin April 17th, 2023. So mark your calendars and join me on the Time to Pivot podcast. I'm Paige Killian, and I'm passionate about helping busy moms of littles organize and style their life in three simple steps. Living this mom life is incredible and sometimes completely overwhelming. Is stressing about overstuffed drawers, never-ending mail piles, a mountain of Legos, and our kids' artwork really what God intended? No way! Getting organized has been a game changer for me and also my clients, but it has to be simple or it just won't get done. So let's simplify the process and clear the clutter to see the blessings God has for us. I know your time is valuable, so thanks for joining me each week for a healthy dose of organization and a whole lot of motivation. Hey, thanks so much for joining me again today for another episode of the Moms Organization Motivation Podcast. Now, I'm talking to you moms out there today about doing something that I mentioned on last week's episode at the very end, and I'm talking about setting those very important and necessary boundaries when you're talking about getting organized. And I don't know how you feel whenever I say boundaries. I don't know if that immediately makes you feel like, oh, great, just another rule that I have to talk to my kids about. Or I don't know what that brings up for you. But what I want you to know is I'm going to frame this today in a way that really just tackles respect. It really is centered around respect. And I don't want you to be uh, nervous or afraid or scared or any of that stuff whenever I talk about boundaries, because this can be something that is actually a really good thing. Good for you. Good for your kids. Good for everybody who's making their way into your home. And so what I want to talk about is, as you know, I love the threes. So I want to talk about the threes in actually two different ways today to just help you have some sense of where you can go with the idea of setting boundaries, why you want to do that, how you're going to play that out in your house and communicate that to your family. And the first thing I want to say is that this is really an opportunity for you, as I said, to ask for respect, because sometimes as parents, we just sort of think 
okay, I need to be respected because I'm the parent, but we don't always specifically ask for it in those words. Maybe we think that we're asking for it. Maybe we think we're demanding it, Um, but sometimes our kids, uh, and even if this is you moms, you might be thinking about your husbands where sometimes you just need to truly spell it out and say, guys, this is something that I feel like needs to happen in our home because it is a way of showing respect to me. And that is something that I want to talk about now, which is it's not just for you. These are the three areas where it's actually going to bring respect into your space. So first we've got respecting you as the person, the runner of the household, this can be the parents as a team. This doesn't just have to be mom. Hello to you, sweet men out there who are listening as well. Hello to you, wonderful people who maybe don't have kids, but this is an opportunity that you're listening to get more organized to decide that you're going to have some boundaries in your home, no matter what kids or no kids. Maybe this is just going to be for you and a roommate or for you and guests who are going to come into your home. And yes, I said guests because When we set these organization boundaries and people walk into our home, even people who don't live there on the regular will automatically start to see your organization in place and have an automatic respect for the things that you've chosen to put in place. And I'll explain a little bit more about what I mean in just a moment. So not only are we talking about number one, respect for you but we're also talking about respect for your time because how often are you feeling a little disorganized and that is taking you a longer time to get from one place to the other, to get something done that maybe you need to have done on your to-do list. Sometimes that starts to take up our valuable time and you got stuff to do, girl. The last thing you need is to be stressing out about disorganization in your home. So this is very important when you're choosing to intentionally set these organization boundaries that you are asking for respect for you and for your time. And the third thing is your stuff, because how often have we gone into someone's home and thought, oh, they've clearly got some organization practices put in place because they have bins. They have like a place where you can take your shoes off at the door. Perhaps they have the opposite of that. And you walk in and you think, wow, They need to set some organization boundaries in here because stuff is everywhere. So just know that it actually is a way of respecting your stuff if you're choosing to set these boundaries. Okay, so I was reminded when I was thinking about this episode and this topic and what could be some great visuals. I actually did a recent episode talking about how I'm such a visual learner that I started the YouTube channel so that we could actually see some of these things. And so I thought, what would be kind of a good way to represent that? visual imagery of setting boundaries. (laughs) And I thought of a ridiculous one, which is in the past when you might go to like a grandparent's house and their couch was covered in plastic. Did you guys ever see that? I had a grandparent who had plastic at one point covering their couch. And that didn't last for long in my lifetime. It was very short-lived. Uh, But part of that was because they ran a kind of like a daycare, like a community daycare in their home. So look, I get it. And that is a very clear boundary that that person set in their home to keep their couch from getting totally wrecked. 
right? That is a very clear, like you get that clear visual imagery. When you walk into someone's house, there is a line drawn in the sand and it is like, don't even think about sitting in this place if you're going to mess it up. And just to be clear, I'm going to let you know with this very abrasive and uncomfortable and clear (laughs) indication that if your body is going to sit on here, then you need to make sure you bring some respect because I do not want it to get messed up. Okay. So that is sort of like a massively dramatic, crazy, (laughs) I might add, well, I mean, let's be honest, like, don't we want our home to be warm and inviting? And does like the crackling and visual representation of plastic covering your couch, does that give a warm, inviting feel? I, I don't think it sends that message. So in an effort for us to still appear, you know, kind and loving and welcoming and saying, let's not put plastic all over our couches. Look, I get it. If you've got pets and maybe you want to get one of those, I've definitely seen this. Like when I had a dog, I for sure got these more often and somehow they still pop up. I think it's because I still have kids and somehow I feel like Instagram and Facebook is listening to me, which is super scary. Uh, but somehow I will get the, and now probably actually, as I'm talking to you and I'm holding my phone to share with you, my notes, I'm probably going to get some new ads pop up in my feed that talks about like these, you know, types of blankets and things that are easy to wash that you can drape over a couch or like a a mat, you know, that might be appropriate to put there. Um, And this could even be something, you know, temporarily that you do if you're potty training a kid and you've decided to go the route of letting them run around totally naked while they're doing that and feeling their body, you know, and like feeling what their body's doing uh, and running to the potty really quickly and not having to worry about taking any pants off or even a pull-up off because you're just already naked. Uh, Sometimes that can be amazing and totally work. And other times it really might be nice to have a plastic cover on your couch. (laughs) So the point is setting those boundaries. And that's obviously a hilarious, ridiculous example, but setting those boundaries are ways that you are giving indicators to the people who are going to be in your space and even friendly reminders to yourself uh, to respect your home, you and your time, right? Okay. So let's talk about some other, maybe a little less aggressive and more achievable (laughs) boundaries that we can set an organization. Uh, I was kind of making a list. These are some of the things that I came up with. You know, I have really, really wanted to put some rugs in my home. We've moved into this new house and a couple of the things that we had at our old house, we brought those along. So we've got one with our uh, couch in our living room, our main living room. And then we brought another one that I had that I've actually put in my son's room underneath his bed, because uh, some of you may have seen on Instagram, I posted this cute little loft bed that we got for him when we came here because he had before been sleeping in a crib. And when we moved here, that time had passed and we definitely needed a big boy bed for him. And so we decided to go with this loft because his bedroom was a bit on the smaller side. I mean, it's definitely substantial. There's room for a bed, a dresser, a little uh, bench that I have with like a fabric cozy top that you can sit on and underneath, of course, it's going to pull double duty, right? This organizer is going to have a place for toys to go where you can't see them. Right. So there's that. And then he's obviously got his closet and a bathroom as well. And, uh, what I wanted to do is make sure that now that he was seven years old, he was going to obviously have his bed and some toys be in there, but I wanted it to still remain 
separate, right? We did like separating church and state, I suppose. And that is sleep and play. And so in his room, I decided to do a loft bed and underneath we were going to have his Legos and his favorite stuffed animals and his books. Those are just going to be the three simple things we were going to have in there because he's a massive Lego fan. And that is a great thing that he can go up and independently play with when he needs some alone quiet time that he can have set up. And that works really well. P.S. If you are living that Lego lifestyle, mama, you got to go back and listen to Legos in the bedroom past episode that I just did. So when we decided to put in that, I realized that the hardwood floors were really just going to be uncomfortable. And I thought, oh, I'm going to take that old white a cool shag carpet rug that I had in his old room that when he was a baby, he wasn't really playing on, but we just had it in there. And so it was nice and bright and white. So when we put it in there for him to sit on underneath so he could play with his Legos and read books and do that kind of stuff for hours, he would be more comfortable, right? And that's just respect for him. So here's what happened. It got really dirty. And, you know, obviously I'm just asking for that, right? Cause it's white. And we're talking about a little boy who loves to play outside and get messy and get dirty. And then wants to come in and play in as well. When I think about setting those boundaries, here's what I decided to start doing. I do want to get it professionally cleaned because it still is in great shape and it doesn't matter how many times I vacuum over it. It just needs to be cleaned. So I've made the decision that I do actually want to get that rug professionally cleaned. And then I'm going to set the boundary that anyone, not just my Duke, not just my son who's playing, but anyone who's going into that space, like when babysitters or when my husband and I, or even my daughter go in to reduke a book, for example, we actually have to stand on that rug to get over next to him. And we wear our shoes in the house. That is not a boundary that I feel like I need to set in our house because we've got hardwood floors throughout and we all are kind of like in and out, running in and out quite a bit. My son and even my daughter, they tend to take their shoes off pretty quickly when they come in the house. And a boundary that we've set there is that they place them on the stairs far against the side. So they're not in the entryway. They don't look tacky. They're out of the way. So nobody's going to trip over them. And they're still easily accessible. If we do need to grab them quickly and like go play outside or go run an errand, but they're not out in the middle of the floor. And so that is the boundary I've set at my house for shoes. My husband and I, and any adults and even other kids too, who come in and out of the house can totally wear their shoes. That's fine. However, once we are done using them, we go put them in our closets where they belong. I have shoe shelves and hanging down things that I can pop them in. My husband has shoe shelves as well. Both of my kids have space for their shoes to live in their closets again, so that they're out of the way. But when they are just running around back and forth for the day, I'm totally fine with them just setting them over to the side where they're out of the way. That's a boundary that I've established. It respects me in my household because it's something that I've laid down the lawns that I want to happen. Uh, it also respects, as I said, my time, because I'm not constantly saying, guys, I said, pick up your shoes, guys, go put your shoes away. It also respects our time where I'm not saying, I know you put your shoes away. Can you please go get them guys? We need to go. Can you please go? And then you're having time going back and forth to get those shoes where we just have them sitting down right now makes a lot of sense for our time. It's quick and easy. And I don't mind if they have one pair 
one pair of shoes, not a lot. Again, that's another boundary we've set. They are allowed to have one pair. And that's something I've put in place. Now back to the rug thing, which is that that is something that goes hand in hand with the shoes. What I've decided is that once we get his rug clean, and once we get those other rugs that I would like to go in our dining room and also in our sitting room, I told you we have one in the living room already, but one in the sitting room, like it's a little bit more formal. It's, it's kind of right off of our entryway. And then additionally, I'd like to get one up in our bedroom underneath our bed because we have hardwood floors throughout. And so it just, I feel like it's a little more comfortable not to mention the fact that these podcasts, I have to really be aware of audio and the sound bounces off the walls here because we have nothing to absorb it. And so I am looking forward to the days that we finally pull the trigger and get all the rugs in here that we want. But that's a boundary that I've decided I will be putting in place because I want them not to get filthy dirty. And that is for them not to be walked on with shoes. So in that situation, my son would know, and usually he does have his shoes off at this point, but he would know that he can't play on his carpet unless his shoes are removed. And then that is something that babysitters, my husband and I, and Isabel would know when we go in his room to read to him, or if we're in there playing with him as well, no shoes on that white carpet. Okay. So that's just another example of not only, um, us feeling like we're making that boundary that's set to respect us, to respect our time and also to respect our stuff, which is going to be the new rugs that we're putting in. And by the way, that goes hand in hand with respecting our money, right? Because if you're financially investing in something that's important to you, just like me, mall's couch. Okay. With the plastic cover. <laughs> Mom, do you remember that? Uh, when, with that in mind, you're, you're not then becoming like a broken record and demanding unkindly and sort of insensitively that people must take their shoes off right away or they can't walk on the carpet. It's just something that you establish on the front end. And that is something that then is going to respect you, your time, your stuff, your money, that kind of thing. Um, and your sanity. Let's just go ahead and say that too, right? So another example of something that you might want to put in place to make sure that you're respecting those boundaries that you set is something I talked about on the a past episode, Legos in the bedroom. I brought it up. I talked about reclaiming your space and that's really making sure that when you have a space that is an adult space, which is like your bedroom, for example, if you've got your primary bedroom that has Legos and it has other kids, you know, clothes that haven't been folded in the laundry and they're thrown in the floor or your kids decided to play with their toys, you know, cars or whatever. And they came in and then they left them behind. How often does that happen? That's real. This, that's not crazy, you know, to think about that is real, but also, you know, just having rules about like food, for example, are people coming in your room or even in your living room or other spaces in their bedrooms and eating and then leaving behind dishes. That's another thing we've established a boundary at our house. Obviously my husband and I are able to eat in any home, in any home. It is our home. It's all our home in any room of our home that we would like. The kids, however, are only allowed to eat in the kitchen, which we've got a kitchen Island. So we've got two bar stools. They can eat there. They can also eat at our table. That's in the dining room, but they're not allowed to eat in any other room of the house. There have been a couple of exceptions and the kids know that sometimes there are exceptions to those boundaries. We set occasionally I will let my daughter, because she 
she has a later bedtime, stay up a little later after my son has gone to bed. And we love to watch shows up in my bedroom. I'll climb up in my bed. And if she's still finishing up her dinner, or maybe she has like a little dessert or something, but Duke is in bed and she wants to come in my bedroom, I will allow her actually to sit on the floor and she can finish that food, that treat, that dinner, you know, whatever they're in the floor while we're watching something together or chatting and getting something done. And then she knows the rule is that she has to then go put it away after. So again, it's setting those boundaries to respect my bedroom and my space and time, because I don't want to have to clean up after her afterwards. So she knows that if she gets that privilege of coming in my room with me and even getting to eat a little something that it's going to be on the floor. And then the stuff is going to get put back away in the sink or directly into the dishwasher when she's done. So again, maybe that's something that you would like to establish in your home. And that's a great thing to do that way, by the way, there's no question. Again, you don't become a nag about it. You're not saying it over and over. It's just the expectation that is being set and that's it. That's just the way that it is. And should she protest, which she really doesn't about this, but Should she protest ever and just say, no, mom, I want to eat in your bed with you. I want, I would just say, no, that's not going to happen respectfully. So if you'd like to finish your meal downstairs and then you can come up and join me and climb up in bed with me, totally fine. I'll wait for you. No problem. But if you would like to come up and eat, that's going to be the expectation that we have. And that's going to be the boundary that we've got set. Okay. Another thing that we have which is an organization boundary set in our house is making sure that we are making up our beds every day. Now for my Duke, who's younger and because he has that loft bed, a lot of, you know, whether you've had them or you've just been around them, making a bunk bed or a loft bed can be a lot more difficult than a regular bed. That's down low, especially for someone who is shorter, like a kid or yours truly who married a giant. And I just automatically feel shorter than I even am. I don't even think I'm crazy short. I'm like five, four, five, four on a tall day, uh, but five, four. And somehow I just feel like a complete shorty when I'm standing next to my husband who's six foot six, right? That's fair. Okay. So one of the things that we did in Duke's room, because he is shorter and I'm not super tall, I did not want to have to deal with making up a full on loft bed every day. And so I only have a fitted sheet around his mattress and we just have a couple of small blankets that can be quickly folded up or even tossed into a basket that's down on the floor. So he literally has a pillow that he rests his head on a couple of his fave stuffed animals. And sometimes those even live down below on that carpet that I'm totally going to have clean soon. Cause I really need to, Oh, I said carpet, you know, I mean, rug and That's it. And that's how we keep it very simple. So if you're going to set a boundary and you're going to establish that you would like to have your kids make their bed every day, I want you to consider age appropriateness. And for us, it made sense, not only age appropriate, because it was going to kind of be a lot for Duke, but I'm a little on the short side and I really didn't want to have to make up that bed all the time with it being so tall with all of the proper, you know, blankets and comforters and blah, blah, blah. So that is something that we decided age appropriately and height appropriately that was going to work in our space. So take that for what you would like. I will say that with my daughter, she has 
a tendency to have her bedding a little bit crooked. And so I know if I don't want to sound like a broken record, I'll give her a friendly reminder. Hey, bud, make sure when you make your bed in the morning that you turn around and you do that one last look and make sure that it's not all crooked. And if it is, just go give it a little tug on the corner all as well. She has just her two pillows that like, obviously the two pillows she sleeps on, on her queen size bed, but then she's got the two decorative main pillows that lean against those. She's got one little decorative pillow in front and she likes to have, um, well, she would totally have several stuffed animals, but I've just told her it starts to look cluttery. So I'm like, pick your favorite stuffed animal that you like. You can stick it there in the front of your bed and then any others, they belong in your bench seat she's got one too, like Duke does. Uh, that is the boundary that we have set there and there are no complaints. It's just tucking those away. And then if she decides she wants to sleep with those or play with those or hold those or whatever you do with stuffed animals these days, then she can take those out when the time is right. But that is something that we've established. So that way I'm not having to say it all the time. And that girl's bed is made every single day almost perfectly every single day. And I really just don't have to say anything to her about it because it looks great and it's very impressive. And by the way, I do have an episode which you and your kids can go back and listen to if you'd like, or even your spouse, the person sharing a bed with you, that's called making your bed. So go back and listen to that. By the way, any podcast episodes I mention on these, then I just want you to know, there's always going to be a link to those in the show notes. If you ever want to go back and be like, what was that one that she said? I'm not going to go back and listen to the whole episode. I need her just to pop those in show notes. I gotcha. They're there. Hey babe, it's Paige. I got to tell you about something I am currently obsessed with. If you are a candle lover like I am, you've got to head over to Dev Candle Co. on Instagram and Dev Candle Co. Com. Here you will find some incredible smelling candles. I got to tell you a little bit about them. So they're made with non-GMO soy wax. They're housed in natural concrete jars with a steel lid. So here's what's cool about those jars. Once you're done using them, you just put in some hot water, get that wick right out, and you can use that container for pens, pencils. You can even do a cute little potted plant in there. And I love the shiny steel lid because I can even have my kids, it's safe enough for them to go over and put the top on. You don't have to deal with wax going all over the place. You don't have to deal with the extra smoke about to set off your fire alarm. So I love the design of that. It's also formulated without phthalates, additives, preservatives, or dyes. It comes in a hundred percent biodegradable packaging and it's made here in Los Angeles. So I love supporting local businesses. You can get a 55 hour burn time with these candles and they come in more than 15 cents. So again, you've got to check out the Dev Candle Co. And if you put in the code CANDLEMOM20, you'll get 20% off of your order. So you got to check it out. Head over to Dev Candle Co. on Instagram or devcandleco.com. And don't forget to add in CANDLEMOM20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Enjoy the amazing smells. And you got to tell me, which one did you pick? Thanks again so much for listening and back to today's episode. Okay. Another thing 
I brought this up when I was talking about food is taking things to the sink and putting things in the dishes, just establishing those boundaries with food, making sure those are age appropriate. Now I'm having Isabel load the dishes a lot more where I still have Duke. Duke will always pick up his stuff after he's done eating or drinking. And he just sets it by the sink for now, because at this time I want to just make sure the proper, you know, food goes down the disposal. Some stuff gets thrown in the trash and other stuff gets recycled. So that's just something right now that I'm fine with overseeing as long as he's responsible with that boundary where he actually takes his food when we're done, says thank you for dinner or whatever meal of the day it is, and sets his stuff on the sink. And that in turn shows me respect, shows his dad respect, shows our home and our time respect. Okay. Uh, and last thing really just has to do with like, you know, folding laundry and putting that away, making sure that you're not something I talked to my kids about making sure you're not throwing stuff in the laundry because number one, you're too lazy to hang it up or fold it and put it away. Or because you think that it's dirty because you wore it once, but you're not taking the time to do like the old smell test, you know, and check because sometimes we, you know, get a shower and then you go to sleep for the night and then you wake up and you put on other clothes. And my kids were thinking, Oh, I need to put those, that laundry in the laundry basket. Heck no. Totally. You can wear that again. And again, it's clean. You went to bed clean. You didn't have any accidents or anything. So please wear those pajamas again tomorrow night. Thank you. And good day. So definitely something again, to talk to your littles about, talk to your spouse about it. You know, those days of COVID when we were all sort of living in loungewear, like the same outfit for three days. Well, we need to remember that that can happen now that we're going out in the real world that we can actually take those things that we just slept in and, or perhaps we're just in temporarily for an hour or two and put them back where they go and rewear them the next night or the next day or in a week or two. Okay. So that's definitely a boundary organization boundary we've set because I don't have time to be doing everyone's laundry unnecessarily. I am more than happy to do your laundry. That's necessary happy, happy to do it. I have laundry room. I love talked about that on a podcast episode, but I am not so happy to do unnecessary laundry. Ain't nobody got time for that. Right. Am I right? Okay. All the moms are like, yeah, girl. Okay. The other thing is just putting your toys back. If you play with something that's a toy or an activity, know that we're not going to get out a hundred of them at the same time. My son is a puzzle lover, very much like the Legos. He's a builder. He's a creator, loves that. And he knows that if he's already got a puzzle out, if he's going to get another one out, he needs to box that one up and put it away. If he's very excited about his puzzle masterpiece or his Lego masterpiece, he's allowed to leave that out for a day. We all ooh and awe over it and say how awesome he did. And then we box it up and we put it away because that's what we do. Because those are the boundaries we've set. And guess what? He doesn't get upset. He doesn't take offense to that. He doesn't say, mom, I just made that. I don't want you to, you know, insert your child's complaint here. He doesn't do that. He has in the past. And that's where you just set those clear boundaries and say, I want you to enjoy the process of creating this thing and putting it together. And then I want you to enjoy the accolades you get as we're all saying, what a great job. That looks so cool. Oh, I love how you did that. Wow. Explain your process. How was this? You know, whatever, like the teacher in me has to say those additional things too, right? Like what, how did you do that? What, how did you make this choice to do that? You know, whatever, right? So once you do that, 
it's like, okay, this was really fun. And you did an awesome job. And we're going to look at this and think that you're awesome for another day. And then we're going to disassemble it. And we're going to get to do this again, another day. So don't let those kids sucker you into one and done and then needing more, more, more. Another episode I talked about is don't overbuy. You don't need to keep doing more and more and more just because you feel like the activity is over. I was actually working on a client's garage. We were doing an organization on an area where she had some arts and crafts that were out in the garage. And she had a lot of these super cute canvases that her girls had painted over the years. And instead of getting rid of those, because I said, now, how would you like to organize these? Do you want these to be out? Do we need to hang these and mount them and give them their special moment? Or do you want to get a container or do you want to toss these? And she said, actually, we just paint over these canvases year after year. Anytime that we want to do a new project, we just get out our white paint and paint that over. It dries. And the next day we do a new creation on that canvas. She's like genius. Okay. They take that picture of the lovely creation and then it gets painted white. And then they get to enjoy that canvas over and over and over again. How smart is that mom? And that is a boundary that she has set in her home with her children because they don't say, mom, I already used that. Can you go get me another canvas? Mom, can you go get, they respect her time. They respect her money. They respect her energy. Come on. That is an excellent organization boundary and parenting boundary. I might add that they have established in their home and I am here for it. Okay. Pass that on to your friends. I love that. I do want to say there's something I'm pretty positive. It's kid Kive. I always wonder if it's kid Kive or archive. I'll post it in the show notes, but I'm pretty certain it's called kid Kive and it's an arts and crafts uh, app that you can get a, you can have a box sent to you and then you put in any cool things, creations that your kids have made their artwork. Uh, and then you send it in and they turn it into a book and then get rid of all the like big three-dimensional things that you sent into them. And so that way you just have those things, especially done in a book. It's kind of the same thing as this mom did. She has the pictures of it. Um, if that is the case that you want to do that, you can snap a photo. You can have a, my friend, uh, Katrina Tebow from operation organization came on and did an episode not that long ago about digital detoxing. And one of the things she talked about is like your photos and how you can organize those digitally on your desktop or on your phone screen. And so you could just have kid art that you take a photo of, you have it living digitally, that photo there. So you can go back and ooh and ah and say how talented your kids are, or, you know, in 10 years, go back and look at it and laugh because they've come so far and grown so much, you know? So that's definitely something to think about. And when you've set those boundaries around kid art and what you're doing with them, then you don't have a huge cluttery space somewhere where all the kid art goes to die and then becomes super stressful because it's just like, a corner or an area in their bedrooms or your home somewhere that is unnecessarily been taking up with clutter. Like you don't even enjoy the fun, cute art anymore because it's just piled up and you don't even see it. And it creates that mental and physical stress, right? So this again is why we want to put in those awesome organization boundaries, establish that as far as I'm concerned, as I said, those are parenting boundaries and these are teaching our kiddos life lessons, which are awesome that they are then going to take and pass on 
to their kids, to the next generation. If they're nannies and babysitters, they can pass those things on. So absolutely consider that when you're setting these boundaries, you are not just asking for respect now, but in years to come, you're teaching your children how to respect their space. And they will then pass those awesome traits and boundaries and qualities on to their kids. So, hey, organization, it's the gift that keeps on giving. So here is what I wanted to say when I said earlier that there are going to be a couple of different ways that I'm going to use those threes that I love so much. I mentioned first, we'll do a quick regroup, which is that I want you to feel like these three things are being respected whenever you're setting these organization boundaries. That is you. You definitely want to be respected your time and your stuff, right? So now we're going to go on to the other threes. And this is how we ensure that respect stays in those places. As I've gone along, I've hinted at what those uh, things are, but we're going to spell it out real quick. And we're going to use those three E's that I love so much, your essentials, enhancements, and extras. So I'm also going to talk about the what, the why, and the how, and that's the giveaway. So the essential what what are organization boundaries? Well, I've just given you several different examples. They are guidelines, they're requests, and they're suggestions for keeping your home organized. Now, I do just want to caution you when you use the words rules and chores, and I'm not saying you can't use those because they come up at our house too. And as a former teacher, I believe those are important, but do just know that that can sometimes establish a negative connotation when you're presenting these organization boundaries. And so I want you to consider perhaps renaming them or just thinking more along the lines of guidelines, requests, and suggestions when you're talking about asking for respects instead of like demands and rules and chores and gosh, that sounds terrible. So just something to keep in mind, but that is the what, this is what you're establishing. Your essential is to really establish what are boundaries when you're explaining that to your kids. So again, guidelines, requests, suggestions for keeping your home organized. Here's the enhancement. This is the why, why should you have those boundaries in place? Again, I've talked about that. It goes back to respect, respecting the three things, you, your time, your stuff, and just that side note of your money, right? That goes along with your stuff. This is going to teach your children to take responsibility for what they're doing, for their behavior, for their choices, for their stuff. Also, I did an episode recently called A Reflection of You, and that was inspired by my very smart mom who taught us growing up that your home is a reflection of you. So go back and listen to that. If you feel like maybe your home is not so much a reflection of you, or maybe it's a reflection that you're not really interested in putting out into the world. And so you would like to have some other things again, like these setting these boundaries established so that your home does become a space that is organized. And there is a lot of respect there. As I mentioned with the why, the enhancement of the why, why you should have those boundaries in place. It's also because it really is going to take up less time and energy for you to be putting these things back in place. I always go back to episode three, which is organizing on autopilot, because once you establish these things, then you're just sort of cruising. You're on autopilot when you're organizing, instead of having established brand new things over and over and over again, instead of having to sound like a total nag, because you're just saying the stuff over and over when you haven't set these clear boundaries and communicated, which is coming up in 
the third E here. Uh, when you haven't done that, that is when you waste time and you waste your energy because you're constantly asking people to do stuff and you're constantly going back and having to do it behind them because they're not doing those things that you want. So it's very important to establish the why, why you have those boundaries in place and effectively communicate that with your family. Cause again, these are teachable moments. These are valuable lessons that you're going to be passing on to future generations as well. And then again, that third E I was saying, it, this is the, how, how do you get people to stick to them? So whether it's your kids or your spouse or a roommate or your guests who are coming into your home and communication is key in the how, the how of keeping these set boundaries actually working. You're really talking to them with friendly reminders, not super naggy voice, but friendly reminders of why. And if you have people in your home living with you who don't respect you by doing what they're doing, it is really important to talk about setting those boundaries and all getting on the same page and really to compromising a little because maybe what they can, if you decide to sit down and have communication with them and you share this stuff, maybe they can then open your eyes to saying, I hear you. And what I would also like is for you to consider doing this or not doing this. And I feel like it could be a little bit more of a team effort. So don't be so quick to dole out the boundaries without hearing how that might affect someone else, because there might be a reason that they're doing something that we're not aware of. And it could be totally valid and make so much sense to them, but we just had no idea. And so once they tell us if we are coming to them in that friendly way to establish that good communication and talk about how we're going to set these boundaries and keep them going and keep things organized in our home, they might share something with you where you're like, you know what? I never thought of that. And I had no idea. And okay, that makes sense. So how do we compromise here? And we make that work for all of us. All right. So just a thought, definitely do that. And then I wanted to say too, along with the why and how you're going to kind of stick to those boundaries is having things like a list or post-it notes, friendly reminders. As I said, maybe you want to have cute signs mounted. It's like, you know, if you need to establish the boundary that when your kids get home from school, they need to go straight upstairs or to their bathrooms and they need to use the bathroom and wash their hands. That's something that is an established boundary in our home. If I were not here and my husband picked them up from school one day, and I were not here to say, guys, go use the bathroom, wash your hands with soapy water. They always know it's never just wash your hands. It's always with soapy water. Why? Because I was a kid once. And I remember I was a good, really smart, clean kid. And sometimes I would go in and I would turn the water on and just like throw my hands under the water just a little bit and turn it off and be like, okay, wash my hands. <laughs> if I was doing that, I know my Duke does that. Okay. I'm sure my Isabel has too. So establishing those boundaries, things like, Hey, you cannot come and live in our personal space after you've come home from school with all your grimy, wonderful, delightful germs. That's going to keep us all, you know, our immune system is nice and healthy. You are going to first go use the bathroom, wash your hands with soapy water. I'm going to say it every time. And then most of the time I'm telling them to either go get their jammies on and put their clothes in the laundry. So I can go ahead and get started with that. Or, you know, if they have another extracurricular activity, you know, baseball practice, softball, soccer, art classes, whatever their guitar lesson, whatever they're doing these days, 
then they know they're just going to get out of their school uniform and change into something else to wear. So that is something that was very important for me to share today. I will tell you that coming soon kind of goes along with the why and how is a rewards chart or rewards. We do this thing called the rockstar jar. So I've wanted to do a podcast episode on this for a while, especially the teacher and me, not just the mom and just establishing what works for some kids, what really doesn't some things to try and then knowing when to let it go if it didn't. But that's something that goes along with this as well. If you're setting those boundaries and talking and communicating with your family, you can actually start to have a reward system, whether it's allowance or like I said, the rock star jar, I'll tell you all about that soon if you haven't heard it from me before. But I just wanted you to know that these are some of the things that I feel like we've set in our home, set up in our home, our, our boundaries that we have talked about and that we keep continuing to go back to. And we have those friendly reminders, but it's getting to a place now as my kids are at the age that they are, I'm not having to remind them even to do these things. So it's pretty cool how that ends up working out if you establish these organization boundaries when they're really young. So just a quick reminder, again, it's those three things to ensure that that respect of you, your space, your time, your money, your energy, all that kind of stuff is being had is your essential what what are those organization boundaries, your enhancement of why, why should you have those boundaries in place and your extra of how, how do you get them to stick to them? So if you guys are establishing these things in your home, I'm telling you, you will be rewarded for it. And again, you're giving your kiddos the option of organization now, and they will keep that with them, which is an amazing life lesson for the rest of their lives and pass them on to their kids and their kids. So it is worth your time and energy to put these things in place. And don't forget to be mindful if they want to share why they're doing something or their thoughts on it, because you guys could have absolutely come up with something that works even better for all of you based on the needs of the other people living in your space. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you next week for some more organization motivation. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Moms Organization Motivation Podcast. For more resources to organize and style your busy life, head over to everythingwithstyle.com and connect with me on Instagram at everythingwithstylemom. If this episode was helpful for you, please share it with your friends, rate and review it on iTunes, that's Apple Podcasts now, and let me know what you'd like to hear about next. Thanks again for listening and happy organizing. Thank you.